everybody. Thank you. All right. Uh, wait a minute. Might have to run and get it up. Third one. Does this one work? There we go. All right. Here we go. Later on, you're going to see Daniel have to stand up for his beliefs and get thrown in a lion's den. Now, I say all that to you to say some things about what good leaders are like. And you'll see in your notes as you go. Let me give you a couple of things. Number one is, if you're going to be a leader, you want to be a leader of character. Uh, character is going to be your track record, by the way. Your, your character is your, is your report card. If you want to look back at your life, I can, if I look and see what we've done in my past, or I see the track record. If somebody wants to tell me, you know, how to, how to grow hair, I want to know, do they have hair, okay? If somebody wants to tell me that, you know, buy, sell me a Chevrolet, do they drive a Chevrolet? And so your track record is, is how, how your life went, what you touched before. That's a lot of it. And so that's part that your character's also done something else. It's revealed in your crisis. Well, it, it, your character is not always formed in a crisis, but it's revealed in it. And so here's how we're going to get character. Here's some things about it. One is, if you're on a team, it's agreement with team values. You know what team values are. It's where everybody gets together and works in sync. A lot of those values can be as we've got loyalty. That's a big one for me because uh, I want to take a journey for the long term, and if I invest in you, I want you to be on the road forever. Uh, loyalty is one. Excellence. Uh, it always find when you do something can I do it just a little bit better integrity is the other integrity is that you're you're the same person inside and outside in the same place wherever you are uh, selfless service respectful and compassionate so if I'm going to be a leader with character I need to be in agreement with the values if you work in a place and you don't agree with the values then find another place to work that you can't agree with and in a long range uh, long-term relationships we always, we really do, we always build our best relationship with people that have the same values. People in a marriage, if it lasts longer, it's because it's got the same values. In a job, the reason they last on the same team uses the same values. And so be very careful. Ask yourself the question, what are my values? Figure those out. And then find out what the team of the companies are. And if you don't know, um, come up with them. Uh, get with the leader and figure them out. The leader of character is number one. The second thing that a leader needs, though, is empathy. And you know what empathy is? Empathy is the ability to see things from another's perspective. It's not saying that my way is right. It's stopping and saying, you know, you may have a point there. I remember one time a person that I had saw that he'd gotten hit, literally physically hit. And, uh, and in the conversation, I said, I said, well, what was the problem? And, and I know his words were this. He said, Bill, he thinks he was right. And, and that was all he said. And I remember thinking, you know, he, what he's saying is he thinks he's right. And we all knew he wasn't, but in his mind, he thought he was right. That was his perception. And so if you're going to have empathy, one of the first ways to do it is to put yourself in their shoes, their place, look from where they're coming from. I had to learn that part when I became a pastor years ago. I remember that one time I was speaking, and, and it was actually a place where I spoke two or three times each night. And there was a guy that'd sit on the front row. He looked like he's miserable. He had a face that just looked like, I don't want to be here. I'm not here. And, and it was distracting. And so the first night or two, I'm, I'm looking at him thinking, I, I want to look above him or around him, find me somebody who's engaged or smiling or something because he looks like I'm miserable. And so by the, and, and thank God I learned it early on. So by the third night, I'm walking over there, this camp thing to speak. And the man's wife comes up to me. Now you talk about making me feel horrible. She says, Brother Bill, she said, I want to tell you something. My husband loves you to death. He wanted to be on the front row. We get here early. She said, he's terminal. He's got cancer in just a short time. She said, but he's in constant pain. 
but he thinks so much of you. He just has to get me every day in his pain. Get over there. I got to get on the front row. Now, you know how I felt looking at a man who that was a pain look. That wasn't, a, I don't want to be here. I don't like you. That was a pain. And here I was thinking, you know, gosh, he, you know, he acts like he's angry. And that's when I learned stop and wait. You don't know. You don't know what they've been through, where they are, what they're going through. You have no idea what other people's stories are. And what will blow your mind is when you talk to people and say, tell me your story, and they start telling you the story, and, and before you know it, you're going, I never knew. And so that, that's one of the things I say, empathy comes when you do that. All right, let me, I'm going to have to move quick because I've got a lot of notes and good stuff. No one cares, John Maxwell says it best, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care, and it's true. And so the empathy issue is feel with people from the heart. The third thing that a leader has with character is a warrior passion. Now, that's going to be an interesting thing in that, they're passionate about their cause. I hope you're listening to our podcast, the BP podcast. Let me tell you why I did it. I started a BP leadership podcast for the reason that I wanted to get like that stories of people that you might not hear otherwise. You know, they may not be on the mainstream media, but they've got incredible stories. And some of the people that I have brought on lately that are just real winners in their field, they're just at the top of the game. The one thing they all have is this dying passion. I remember asking one of them, I said, well, when you got there, what is it that made you want to go so far? What was the drive? And he said, if it's not an obsession, you shouldn't do it. Now, what he was saying is, I, I'm going to be obsessed with it. I'm all, if, why put my energy into almost the dabbling? If it's not an obsession, don't do it. And, and literally, every one of them had a passion, which told me again what, what the, one of the big secrets is. That's going to be your drive. So I encourage you to listen to that, okay? Be passionate about your cause. If I work there, you got to begin to believe I can do this better than anybody. I mean, my job when I'm here, it's going to be the one that makes the difference. Here's the other. Leader with presence. Let me give you quickly what these are. Possessing a commanding appearance is one. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't mean size. It's something that a leader projects. Um, I was with a guy years ago. That he was short. He's only about, I guess, 5'2", five, 5'3". But he's, a, he's an executive. He's got like 16,000 employees, and he's well off. And I was in Dallas, Texas, and I was getting the chance. We, we knew each other, but that was the day I was going to get to spend a day with him. And that was the day I saw what I've always read about, about presence. We, took in, we walked in places for dinner, and, I mean, it was like a movie star. People moved out of the way, and, and he was kind to everybody. But I was like walking with the president that whole day. And everywhere he went, here's this smaller little guy, articulately dressed, but the way he commanded the room, it was like the second he walked in, everybody just kind of got back and said, you're the leader. And I remember walking around with him that day, and, and at the end of the day, my wife said, what was it like spending the day with him, and how was that? I said, Debbie, the way people treated him wasn't because, you know, he said, I want it. He just walks in a room, and everybody just treats him with respect. And she said, like you do? I said, yeah, like I, everybody, it's just natural. It's a presence. And, and so I encourage you as a leader, some of the ways you can do that is just figure out how you come across and what you need and what presence you ought to have. And, and, and it's, it's just literally about, about having something. Part, part of it, I think, comes from the knowledge of knowing who you are. You know, knowing that you know the skill, that you know the, you, you know the subject, you know the field. There's something about that gives other people the, the, uh, the, the respect for you. Now, third one is, or second one there's physically fit. And, uh, and, and I know this, by the way, that's the one thing I battle with, okay? 
I, I remember one time being with a guy that made a lot of money and was real successful, and he told me, he said, Bill, let me tell you, making money, he said, making relationships, he said, even dating when I was single, that was the easiest thing I ever did. He said, losing weight's the hardest thing I ever did. He said, if I could get somebody to do it for me, I'd pay him today. Well, he's right. Physically fit is one. And what it means by that, if you're going to lead long term, you got to do something to stay healthy so you can, okay? And so you, you just want to be in the game a long time uh, because otherwise leadership's too taxing. And then you want to have confidence. I don't mean by that cockiness, but knowing that you're prepared. When you know it, it makes a big difference. Uh, it's possessing a real belief that the team around me can succeed. It's just believing in them. I've, I've been watching a little bit, not much, but some of the Olympics. And the little girl the other night that's Miss Personality Plus, i got to get her name, some of you know, that girl – she won, but she has just got personality. I started listening to her. I said, she needs her own talk show. I mean, this girl just had it. But there was a confidence in her. She knew who she was. She wasn't playing to the camera. She was just being herself. And, I mean, it was like, I want to turn it up. I want to be late for my next meeting. I just said, wow, what a winner. And, and some of you saw that. You know what I'm talking about. It's fabulous. And, and, and a lot of that was just the confidence that she exuded that wasn't fake and it wasn't condescending. It was just, and, and she talked about her daddy. They said something about, well, I bet your father would be proud of you that, you know, your father, he passed on. She said, oh, my father was. She said, my father used to tell me as a little girl. She said, when I'd have to be in, and she did uh, all kind of sports. She said, you go out there and you whip them. I mean, you whip them. And she said, my father didn't talk to me like, you know, don't break a nail, don't hurt yourself. My father wasn't proud of me unless I won. And so she, she just got that but unbelievably confident. Uh, it also means this, staying composed when the heat is on. Just, I, I tell you when I saw that. I saw it in a car one time with a guy, a business guy named Dan. And this is when car telephones first came out. And it's the kind you know, had the old wire and this great big old phone. And we were driving back from Atlanta. And uh, the, the, he called, I, I know what it was, his secretary called him. And she said, Dan, she said, you, you're not going to like this. So what? There's some employees wanting to do a boycott out front. James has got about 70 of them out here in the front. And she said, and they're all mad. And James has got them all stirred up. And so I'm just riding, listening to Dan. And, and Dan said, and, and, and what's the problem? Well, you know, James, he's always got something going. said, all the other trucks are stopping because he had a big company. And then she said, and James said he's mad. And I'll never forget, Dan, we're driving on the road. And I'm thinking, he's got a problem at work. And Dan just was as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. He said, Good. I'm glad that James is mad. He said, because I'm mad too. <laughs> and I, were, I think, what? He said, you tell James, if I drive up and one employee is standing in that parking lot with a sign, James is fired and he's in the bread line. How about that? And then he hung up the phone. And I remember looking at him. That didn't no more bother him. And then he turns and says something like, Bill, have you ever ate at so-and-so? Let's drive by there and get. And I'm thinking, you got 70 disgruntled people in your parking lot, and you just want to tell me about a great restaurant. But he showed me what confidence was. And I loved his comeback. Good, because I'm mad too. And instead of playing defense, he just basically said, I'm the owner, I'm in charge, and, and I'm going to take control. That's what a good leader does. They're also resilient. Uh, resilient means just having a no-quit spirit. Just, just keep staying in there, keep staying in there. I, I love the illustration of this. Years ago, you remember uh, Auburn football team over there, the stadium was named Jordan Hare Stadium one time, and it was over uh, because of uh, Suge Jordan. Fabulous, fabulous legend of a coach, probably just overshadowed because Bear Bryant happened to be in the same state. But uh, one time they said that there's an old illustration they use about Suge. He called a guy into his office. 
He said, we need a winning team this year. I need you to go out and recruit. He said, okay. He said, here's what I want. He said, you know there's this guy and a player hits him and he falls down? He said, yeah. He said, he don't get back up? He said, yeah. He said, we don't want him, do we, coach? He said, no, we don't want him. He said, then there's a guy, you hit him, he gets back up. You hit him, he gets back up. You hit him, it takes him about three times to knock him down. He said, do we want him, coach? He said, no, we don't want him. He said, then there's that guy. Man, he said he gets hit, he's knocked down, he gets hit, knocked down, hit, knocked down, hit, knocked down. But it don't matter. Every time he goes down, he gets back up. And the players started smiling and said, that's the one we want, ain't it, coach? He said, no. We want the one that keeps knocking them down. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's the attitude, I think, that really helps with having a no-quit, get-in-there attitude. Let me give you the other real quick here, all right? Number, the, the third one. And this is one I did not get... I didn't learn this one until later, okay? I remember when I, when I learned this one, it was, uh, it was when I said, all right, that's what separates some people, especially in certain fields. In certain fields, this is where it really kicks in. It's called a leader with mental horsepower. You know what mental horsepower is? It's the ability to keep thinking and keep going. And you can be in meetings uh, with people, if you've ever been in one of those meetings, and I know some of you have, you get in those meetings where you just start brainstorming and you start thinking and you start creating. And when you're creating ideas, some people can last with you all day and it gets better as it goes. And some people, five minutes, they're done. You know, they just, they can't keep up. And so if you're going to lead long term, you're going to have to stay in the game by keeping your mind sharp, reading, learning, getting around people, asking questions. But you're going to have to keep mentally there because if you don't, that may be what takes you out. One of the, one of the things that I found that was interesting, I did a, a podcast with both Frank Shamrock, the friend I have who's a former UFC fighter, and he'd won five different titles in five places. And then a girl named Michaela Blasco, who Michaela was a Army Ranger, uh, won the competition out here. Uh, didn't win the competition, it was won the 56th to finish uh, overall in the whole history of the Ranger competition. And then I did one with Bobby Howard, most of us know, kind of the legend of baseball. And every one of them, I'd ask him a question, and all of them had the same answer. And here's what it was. If you're going to be the world champion, get to the very top, or you're going to be the Ranger, or you're going to be the coach that is the legend with a 1,000 wins, how much of that is mental. And that was the question I want to know. I want to know, was it, is it 50-50? You know what every one of them said that I, I thought I wouldn't argue with them because they were the champ. Every one of them said 100%. That was their answer. It was 100% mental. It was like to get to the top and to go places and to get far, you better keep your mind in the game. That's the secret to it. And so it really, really helped me. Now, how do you do that? One is you're alert and responsive. Um, a good leader will do this. They can anticipate the outcome of the decisions, oftentimes to the second and third layer. You know, they, they know beyond where it goes. It's kind of like a chess game. Uh, my wife and I kid each other about the way that our marriage is. I'm chess, she's checkers, okay? Um, I think long term, but I don't know how to get to my car. And, and she, on the other hand, knows where the car is parked, which way it's parked, how much gas it has in it, what the mileage indicator was when we got out, if the doors were locked, when it needs a wash, and the last one, she knows all that stuff. I literally need a guide to get there almost. And, 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 but I'm the chess player. She's the checker. I can take that, and she can take the little things. And that's where, in order to 
stay in there big and long term. The, the best leaders with the mental horsepower, they know two and three layers down. And they figure out if I do this, it does that. If I do this, it does that. It's like a golf game. You know, you, you, you turn that blade a little bit open here and you see it out there. It opens up real big out there. The, the second thing along that mental horsepower means good judgment. Uh, that's the ability to assess the situation accurately, uh, to be able to know. Uh, I, I'm going to give you a sound conclusion. I think we can reach this because uh, the situation is within my, my sphere of, of skill. Uh, th third is creative. A, a good leader is always trying to find ways to keep improving. They're never the same. It's always constant and never-ending improvement. And then the other is wise with information and with people. There's some people you can open your heart and share everything with. Some people you can't. Some people you can think out loud around. Some people you can't. And a good leader figures out which ones they can. And then you're conscious of the motives of other people. Everybody wants something. Don't, don't forget that lesson. Everybody wants something something. Now, it doesn't have to be bad. I mean, I just want encouragement, but, but everybody wants something. I have a friend that really believes that so much that literally to this day, if I call him, here's how he answers the phone. Hey, Bill, what do you want? He doesn't say, how you doing? How's the family? It's always, what do you want? And by the way, he's the guy that taught me. Everybody wants something. And so our conversations are quick. Here's what I want. And he'll either say, no way, or he'll say, oh yeah, sure. And so you know the thing, what do you want? I kind of think I like a little more you know, I like a little more uh, butter on my conversation. Uh, you know, I'd rather do that and just be so abrupt. And then the, the last one is this. It's knowing the surrounding. Here's one that uh, if you're not familiar with your culture, I don't care how good your resume is or how, how wonderful you were in the last place. Your culture decides whether you succeed or not. That, that's the, the, I had a friend, Marcus Lamb. Somebody may know him. He runs the Daystar Television Network. He had that same thing over in Warner Robins, Georgia. Not a bit different. Same television type deal. Wasn't big at all. He moved it, went to Montgomery, Alabama. Grew a little bit. He moved it, went to Dallas, Texas. It became almost a billion-dollar organization. And I asked him, how, what did you do different when he went to Dallas? You know what he said? Nothing. I was in a different culture. And, and you don't know always what the culture is until you're in it. You know, sometimes you have written these are what our culture is. Sometimes you're in it and you do something. Everybody goes, ooh, you can't do that around here. I can't. No, you didn't know that. Well, no, it wasn't in my job description. Don't matter. We don't do that around here. See, what they're saying is that's the culture. And, and so figure out if you can succeed in that culture. And, and if you can't, if you want to spend your life, you can change the culture or you can find the culture that you fit in best. I think God will lead you to the right one, but always be aware that that's going to be one of the keys to how far you go. If you bring in people from the outside to get new ideas, the bad is they don't know the culture, and it takes a long time for them to adapt, and it may discourage people. There. Think about it this way. Everyone, if you've got a job and you're working so hard to be the top leader, and all of a sudden one day they come and say, hey, we got somebody that's going to fill that role, and you're all thinking, yeah, really? And it's somebody from San Francisco. And you go, whoa, 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 we're all working hard, pouring our life, doing the best we can, trying to make the company better, and you're just bringing them in, and they may not have the same motive we have for the company. And you know how that feels? And so even the culture can be hurt by that. It's much better uh, if, if we can look into culture and say, how do we make everybody around us better, and do I fit in this spot? So those are some of the things that I give you along that line. I hope they'll, that you'll use them. I do believe that it'll work for you. It's a lot of info, but I promise you, either one or two of those will change your game, okay? It's a quick video they want to show you, and then Hunter's going to give a closeout. Thanks for being with us this morning. Hope you enjoyed it, okay?
I hope you enjoyed this BP Leadership Lesson from Bill Purvis. And if you would like to hear more from Bill, make sure you check out the BP Leadership Podcast. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. So make sure that you subscribe to the BP Leadership Podcast today.